Welcome along to the Candy Fans Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Nick, and this week we dive into the world of rugby league. With England set to host the 2021 Rugby World Cup, what better time to hear from one of our hometown heroes, England and Leeds Rhino scrum half Luke Gale. Luke talks us through the highs and lows of his incredible career so far, including that World Cup final defeat and how he hopes that just maybe they can go one better this time round. This is the journey of Leeds' very own Mr Luke Gale. Luke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Like a man who is now a bit of a king in the city <laughs> where Cardi Pants all started back in Leeds. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, happy to come on. And, and as we say, a, a Leeds lad, and that's where it originated. Let's talk about you. So... How did you end up getting into rugby league? Um, I, I think probably just um, my whole family uh, and the area I'm from. I'm from a, a small place in Leeds called Middleton, um, which is kind of like a hotbed of rugby league. Um, m- many of players kind of grown up there and, uh, and made it professional. So I think it was just kind of in my blood. Um, started playing at six years old for the local team. And kind of went from there, really, knowing, going through school, that I was one of them kids where... I, probably a cocky kid at school that the teachers hated saying I'm, I'm going to be a rugby player I signed a professional contract uh, at 16 years old uh, with Leeds Rhinos uh, my hometown club um, and it, it kind of went from there really so from a young age I was just kind of determined and, and one track minded um, to kind of m- make it as a rugby league player So at that age how how much do you think when you were young the difference was between just sheer work ethic and the fact that you just happen to be naturally talented? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I suppose, um, I, I think the work ethic is is the biggest one. I mean, uh, I was lucky enough to play for kind of England, even at a young age, under 12s, and represented Yorkshire and stuff like that. But I had people in my team who were equally as, as, um, as talented as me, if not more talented. Um, I remember when I signed for Leeds Rhinos at 16, I think there was kind of 10 of us, um, and I think only two of us kind of actually made it out of that that group. So, um, and, and look, I, I probably wouldn't have been the best player out of them back then. But as you say, the work ethic and I think the sacrifices that you, you kind of have to do. I mean, 16, uh, 15, 16, when you, you're leaving school, um, my friends are kind of, you get into drinking, they get into um, going out you're still sort of at that age there when it can go both but I remember I trained I trained four nights a week so I kind of never um, never really had that and uh, I, I would much rather go training than kind of knock about on the streets like um, like most of my friends were doing so I, I would say I, I sacrificed that I still got back into it sorry when um, I got a bit older and I understood um, once I'd made it I, I made up for lost time but yeah I think that, <laughs> that sacrifice at a young age definitely helped I see that when um, it, all throughout my career when you, you've got players who are so talented and um, but they kind of haven't got the mindset and I believe that that mindset is is one of the strongest attributes so to think about go back to your journey 
obviously you were at Leeds and then you moved on from there. What was that like at that age? I think it was about 18 or something was it when you left? Yeah, so I moved um, and this kind of goes to the mindset as we've been speaking about. I, I, at Leeds at 18, I had um, Danny Maguire, obviously uh, a great yeah. rugby player, and Rob Burrow. Um, so yeah. they were my position in front of me. And at 18, they're kind of just starting it's their journey. to get that opportunity. It, yeah. it is. And as, as, as history tells you, um, I kind of had no chance in hell to, to get rid of them too. Um, no. So then my uh, Leeds obviously said, "Look, kind of, we don't see a we don't see a place for you." Um, and I I moved on. Um, I kind of took a backward step. Well, a lot of people would see it as a backward step. But I actually didn't. I moved down a division at nineteen. I played for Doncaster, which is kind of semi-pro, um, yeah. and I, I kind of went down that route. Which at the time, a lot of people were kind of saying, "Look, um, that's kind of a bad." a bad way to go about it but I didn't see it as that I saw it as you're kind of playing semi-pro but you're playing with adults at that time 18, and you're playing 19. consistently correct yeah and you're kind of running the team uh, my position obviously scrum half uh, without boring you kind of uh, bosses the yeah. team and at 18, 19 I was doing that with men so I believe that stood me in, in, in great stead come uh, later on in my career but uh, yeah I kind of got told uh, obviously Leeds didn't want to sign you which it's it's a massive kick in the teeth what was uh, that like uh, with it being your hometown yeah it, and you've been there I since looked, like what tw- like 12 yeah, or something I've been there since I, yeah I'd been I signed kind of tw- 12 years old you start a scholarship so I'd been without signing professional contracts when you were 16 but I, I was training since 12 years old so I'd been there 6-7 years um, so yeah it was a kick in the teeth but I, I just was determined to work more uh, just more hard that's that's my mindset would just keep working and and you'll get your you'll get your dream and um i had one year at doncaster and i actually um i scored i think i scored 44 tries which broke the record that year yeah. and then um I, I went to london then i signed for harlequins uh, london yeah. broncos um, when i was 20 so i moved down to london at 20 years old which again was a, a great life experience so from London, you then ended up coming back up like to Bradford, if that's right. Yeah, that's Probably right. Probably more yeah. to that kind of like rugby league heartland. What was that like and what brought that about? Yeah, so I think London, um, London kind of as a team where you're probably struggling. Uh, it's got a lot of overseas players coming towards the back end of the career or young players starting out. Uh, the kind of like, uh, if I were to put it in football terms, like always struggling around relegation, if that makes sense. And kind right. of, yeah. but you get you, you get a chance there. And I got my chance and I did three good years and I kind of spoke with my manager and I said, look, um, I've had enough. Uh, I want to go back up north. Um, so we got the deal done with Bradford. Um, Bradford were kind of, it was a bit of a crossroads in my career, if, if I'm totally honest. Um, Bradford were like a juggernaut of rugby league and uh, they were a great team. But... They kind of had money issues. Um, so we went into liquidation, I think, twice um, out of three years I were there. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, a crossroads. And during that time, uh, I think I was 25 years old, and my career kind of stalled, really. I had a good beginning. Uh, I, I did well at London, did well at Doncaster. I kind of went, if I'm honest, kind of went stale at Bradford. And at the time, uh, I think I was 26 years old, uh, my mum actually passed away of cancer and uh that that were kind of the crossroads in my career. I either kind of drift away and don't play the game or I kick on and kind of um, 
and kind of make some of myself. And, and, and that, if you don't I, mind I, me asking, yeah. if you don't mind me asking, how much did that kind of affect you at the time, not just your rugby, but you as a person? Um, it, massively. Um, it's obviously, it gave me, it gave me uh, a mindset of, I, I couldn't, I don't, I didn't think I, I could be hurt like that. So it gave me an even it gave me a bigger boost if, if I'm honest. And I'm like, yeah. look, I've kind of, I've lost my mum. My mum played the, the biggest part in my career to this day has been my mum from being, as I say, I started at six years old. So she would drive me literally all around the country playing rugby. Um, she'd drive me four, four nights a week training um, and to lose her. And it kind of gave me the catalyst that I needed to kind of kick on with my career. And as I said, I didn't think that I was like, I can't be hurt any more than I already have been hurt. Uh, and uh, it, it, when I look back now, it give, it gave me kind of everything um, that I needed. And um, since then, we, I kind of signed for Castleford the same year. Um, and then from Castleford, we I have had five years at Castleford and that's kind of where my career kind of kicked off. And um, yeah. f- from then we... Um, yeah, we had a, a real good side at Castleford and, and it kind of all, when I look back, it, that was a catalyst for that kind of uh, improvement. It's strange, isn't it? It's how sometimes the hardest and the worst things you go through are the biggest things you learn and grow from, I guess. Yeah, and that's 100%, as as, as you said, that the, the hardest thing I don't believe I I could go through anything. Obviously, uh, I've got kids now, and and I think the hardest thing she never got to my mum never got to meet my kids as well. So that's um, that's one where every time they're at the games, um, um, it's it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. My kids absolutely love coming to my games, um, but as as I say, yeah, that were that were the kind of the start of the the, the journey and the the progression really, and and, and still to this day. I, I, I kind of owe everything to my mum, and I, I know I won't be in this position I am I'm in now without my mum's massive input on on my career. What impact do you think having your kids and that whole thing, everything and everything that comes with it, had on not just you as a person, but you playing rugby? Yeah, I, I believe obviously when when they're young, I've got a, an eighteen month old called Peaches and uh, a five year old called Betsy. Like Betsy. Um, she absolutely loves it now. She's yeah. she's a she's a cheerleader. So I've obviously I've just gone from Castleford to Leeds Rhinos. Literally, she um, must just think you're a superhero. <laughs> she she actually does. I've, we, we've been on a bike ride today, and uh, someone was working, and someone stopped me for a picture as I'm on my yeah. bike ride, and they stood like two meters away, and she said, "Dad, why why has that worker?" Just ask for your picture. Because <laughs> I suppose she's at the age; she just doesn't get it yet, does she? Yeah, yeah she don't kind of, she don't kind of get it. And uh, but no, she, she absolutely loves it. And I, I remember she, 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 as I say, she was a cheerleader for Castleford, and she absolutely loved Castleford. And I, I, I made the move to 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 Leeds Rhinos probably six months ago. And the hardest conversation was trying to get Betsy to understand that I'm going to lead rhinos and I, I remember as soon as a kind of the offer come in I said Betsy um your dad's going to have to move clubs and she said dad I don't want you to move clubs and uh, oh, uh, I actually brought the, the mascot to her birthday so the Castleford mascot what is called uh, JT he's a big yes. tiger and uh, when she was four I got him to come down and um, she absolutely loves him 
And she said, Dad, I don't want uh, you to go to Leeds Rhinos because I don't want a rhino coming to my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the hardest conversation, trying to get my five-year-old daughter um, that I was going to Leeds Rhinos, which she, she won't best please about. And she's your biggest critic, I bet. She is. She is my biggest critic. And I'll come off the pitch and I'll say, um, look, Dad, um, I, I, I thought you were great, but you, you, you missed two kicks today, Dad. And I'm like, that is, that is harsh. <laughs> Nothing that hurts is, like that, does it? Yeah, God. that is very harsh. Whereas I, I, I suppose my mum and... My mum, my mum had um, every time I'd play. My dad is. I remember my dad's a harsh critic. I, I don't even think to this day. Um, I've played for England nine times. I've played a World Cup final, and my dad's been all, literally all over the world to watch me play rugby. And I don't ever think he's said that I've had a good game. Even, <laughs> even thinking back now, I don't think he's ever just patted me up back and said, "Do you know what, Luke? You are good today." He's just not in him. But my and mum, isn't it strange how you kind of that's the one you want the most? Yeah, it's it's, and I suppose he's 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 got better now. But I remember, um, as I say, I played in a World Cup final. I flew him out to um, we played in Brisbane, yeah, against Australia, and uh, I flew him. I, I flew him out and um, in the hotel and that after the game, and I, I just thought, do you know how amazing? Uh, that is for I don't know just to have my family there to see there. it in my yeah, son's I just thought it, it was it was amazing but yeah it's still my dad is uh, is definitely my, my t- toughest critic but I could have uh, had an absolute nightmare I would have come off and mum said you were great today Luke and, and I suppose that's just the difference in in mentalities but yeah Betsy's took over kind of my mum's role and, and uh, Betsy just uh, just thinks thinks I'm great all the time so you've mentioned it there, but to play in a World Cup final for your country, tell me, like, what is that like? Um, it was an amazing... I think the, the World Cup itself was... Uh, I think it, it was 2017, and uh, we'd actually... Castleford got to the grand final that year. Um, mm-hmm. we, we got... You, you play... The biggest game of the year is the grand final. You play at Old Trafford. Um, we'd won the league. In, in rugby, it's kind of different to football. We won the league by 10 points, so we kind of run away with the league but it kind of means nothing um, it, it obviously meant something to me but in, in rugby league it, it kind of means nothing um, yeah. winning the league you've got to win the grand final and then you kind of go in a playoff to get to the grand final so anyway we get to the grand final and we got beat by Leeds uh, we'd actually beaten them three times that year and uh, we played absolutely terrible uh, Old Trafford was um absolutely hammered it down all day and it was like a scrappy game and we just never turned up and that was kind of the biggest disappointment of my career to uh, to that point but I kind of had no time to think about it because five days later uh, we was flying out um, to Australia to the World Cup and we did seven weeks in Australia went to Melbourne Sydney um, New Zealand we played a, a semi-final in New Zealand and we kind of travelled ho- the, the whole of Australia and we ended up getting to the final and again we got beat 6-0 um, which is in it's like a, a 1-0 in football it's um, the kind of the, the minimal margin and uh, when I, I kind of on the plane on the way home I sat down and kind of the last two months were kind of a whirlwind uh, getting to two major finals and I got beat in both and uh, it kind of it kind of sunk in on the on the plane home um, with a couple of red wines I think on the, well, on the way like home what's it like to deal with that how did you you know so um, near but yet so far 
Yeah, and it's still, I think that's my intrinsic driver to to this day, Um, getting to the grand final again. Obviously, I'm I'm with a different team now with Leeds Rhinos, but that's still, and I still think about what I could have done different than both them nights. Um, And that's kind of, I suppose that's kind of what gets me up in the morning, keeps me, keeps me driving towards that goal of, of, of lifting the, the biggest trophy in, in our game. So I suppose uh, the biggest thing is that you learn from it and I'd have done things a lot differently um, if I got my chance again. So bringing us to kind of a little bit more recent times, you've left Castleford, you've come to Leeds who, for people who don't know, are quite rivals, but you've also come home. What on earth has that been like? Because I guess it's kind of, there's highs and lows of both sides to it. Yeah, it, it's been, it was kind of, it was all uh, last summer really and there, there were loads of speculation. I mean, I mean you'd go in supermarket, as you say, rugby league's a real tight, tight-knit community and Castleford and Leeds are not all that far away and um, you'd go in supermarket and obviously there's press, um, it'd be being in the press kind of all summer and people would be saying, are you going, are you going, are you, are you staying? And it was kind of one of them, uh, I, I, I just kind of wanted to get it over the line, and um, it, it was it was a move that kind of I had five great years at Castleford, and uh, I, sometimes I just I just needed a new change. Um, I needed a kind of fresh scenery, and um, and as you, as you say, I, I, I'm coming home, and and that was the biggest um, the biggest thing for me. Um, I, I was a Leeds fan growing up. I was. Uh, a supporter from being probably six, seven years old, um, going to the South Stand every week. My mum, my mum would take me there, and that was it. It was kind of the coming home that that, that got me, um, that that really pushed it for me and got me the deal. It's difficult to kind of talk to you without talking about like the injuries you had, and obviously you had two that were fairly close together, and you know you were just coming back, and it almost happened again. Now, what was that like? Did you ever think? I might not play again here. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I, I just think it's uh, it's it's kind of the the mindset again. I I, I injured my knee. I, I actually um, dislocated my knee and uh, got a bit of um, what's it called? Uh, a bit of a fracture in my knee, and it kind of um, it was just a, a freak incident, really. A bit of. Um, just a bit of a whack on it and kind of played on, didn't think it was too bad. Uh, went for a bit of a scan and he said, oh, look, you'll need an operation. Uh, you've, you've fractured your knee, um, like the, what's it called on the top of it? Um, like your knee socket, so yeah. to speak. You know, you know your, your, your knee cap, that was, that was yeah. fractured and a bit of damage underneath and uh, kind of went in, six-month operation, uh, six-month recovery time, um, come back, um, Everything going great. Uh, I'd obviously missed six months. Um, I thought I was flying, and as you say, the second injury come, I, I, I snapped my my Achilles. Which, if if you know anyone who's ever done it, or mm-hmm. the actual the the sound of it snapping is is terrible. Um, so that was just in training, and I remember I was I was training with uh, Jesse Semelafeo at the time. Is uh, an Islander. Um, I think a New Zealand fella uh, training with um, with Castleford and we're just running and I've kind of gone down and it's like I've been shot to be fair um, and I, you know yourself I, I knew full, straight away that it's uh, it's fully snapped and Jesse kind of uh, is a religious 
guy and uh, he's saying a prayer at the bottom of me, my leg and he's, right. he's saying, look, I hope it were like, it were like I'd gone into a movie or something. <laughs> I looked down at my leg and I've got my, my teammate saying a prayer uh, at the bottom of my leg. It was quite a surreal experience. Um, and it, I suppose in, it's like you're doing your ACL. Um, you, it's like a big, a big operation. Injury, yeah. yeah, it's massive. And like you say, uh, I'd done two on the bounce. I was approaching 30. And people kind of kind of say, is, is that you done? Um, two serious injuries. And I remember it wasn't until I kind of, um, I started walking again and coming back and just going in the local gym at training. Um, members of public will be saying, oh, are you thinking about retiring? And there were no way inside my head that, I was even contemplating retiring, um, yeah, or even yeah, it didn't even cross my mind. But I suppose people kind of write you off, and that still drives me as well. I remember all them on all them tough days when you wake up and yeah, your recovery is not going great. Just people kind of the negative kind of thing that I got from that still still is 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 a massive drive for me as well so yeah it was it was tough i, I would have been uh, I, i'd met kirby at the time and i'd probably not be great if i'm honest i wouldn't have been great to live with during that few months um you, your kind of career's up in the air um you you wonder you actually wonder if if you're ever gonna play again um and, and I, I definitely went through days where rehab won't, didn't go great and you you won't run in great and you actually question uh, will I ever get, not play again but get to the the level of performance that you was at before so it was it was definitely probably the, the most challenging time of my career because I've heard you say in interviews you know that strangely the question that people used to ask you when you were injured wasn't how long are you out for it's but are you still getting paid as if to say yeah. if you're still getting paid it's fine but they just didn't get it did they yeah, that's that's the so I'd be in um, with the Achilles. I was in like a, an air cast boot. I'm sure you've seen them, like the big, uh, yeah, the, the big space boots. And you'd be walking around, and and that's the first thing you get. Um, oh, uh, what have you done? Um, how long are you out for? Uh, do you get paid? Do you still get paid? And yeah, you still obviously get paid your, your full salary, but it, that's it's that's kind of missing the point. It's no one wants to be injured and uh, it's the it's the toughest part about being uh, a professional athlete if yeah. you, you you kind of ask any athlete i'd say the toughest part of is is them injuries and and uh, yeah i had two on the bounce and touch wood uh, they they they're in the past and the body's feeling great um, obviously we're not playing at the moment due to uh, the coronavirus but um, it kind of gives me a chance as well to kind of rest up yeah, I've seen these amazing videos of you practicing your kicking into the kids' trampoline. <laughs> I'm just trying to um, trying to, uh, to to pass a bit of time. Yeah, so um, I, I actually I, I've got a bag of balls in the garage, but they're all flat. So uh, imagine being a, a professional rugby player with a, a, a sack of 15 <laughs> balls that are all flat. So they're not much good at all. Um, but yeah, I just kind of. Um, I, Kind of passing time, really. As I mentioned, it's I won't normally get this time. Um, I, I probably leave the house at six thirty um, and get back probably three, four, four o'clock. Um, so you, you kind of miss um, 
especially with the little one. Uh, Bex is at school now, but you miss a big chunk of 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 their early early kind of years. So um, making the most of it now. Obviously, rugby league World Cup here in twenty twenty one. How big is that for rugby league? Massive, I think, uh, especially being involved in the 17 one and, and getting that close and kind of falling at the final hurdle. Um, it's it, it's massive. Um, but I, I hopefully I'm, I'm going to be still uh, in contention to, to yeah. kind of get get a shirt for that and, and playing it on your own doorstep. I mean, I know how, how amazing experience I had in Australia. It was kind of uh, the best experience of, of my life, to be honest, seven weeks away, travelling Australia, playing the, the job... Uh, playing the game that I love and I can call my job um, so playing it on on home soil and look I think the English Aussie kind of rivalry um, beating the Aussies in on your home soil would be uh, in a World Cup would be um, would be massive and I think it'd make up for for the 17 loss as well and how I know you do so much with kind of your Luke Gale Academy and you've kind of you've also got a role now haven't you uh, as an ambassador for the World Cup, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, kind of, uh, th- they got in touch. Kind of, it was actually when I was injured. I thought it was uh, uh, real nice how they did it. They kind of got in touch. Yeah. I got an email. I'd been injured probably two or three weeks, saying, "Look, Luke, um, I know you probably you've got a bit of spare time on your hands, but I want we want to make you a kind of an ambassador for the Rugby League World Cup 2021." Uh, so I went in, had a meeting, uh, jumped absolutely jumped at the chance, and uh, no, that's been great. And it's um, I, my kind of role with that is kind of not only do we want the World Cup to to be a great success, we want to kind of leave a legacy. So whether that be in in communities like such as my community where I grew up, Middleton. Um, if we can build and help build a new pitch and get grants for the new pitch, um, new facilities, and, and kind of... So when the World Cup's gone on, hopefully we've won. But in, say, five years' time, we've we've left kind of a legacy um, behind us and with grassroots kind of getting kids into the game and having great facilities. And that's kind of the whole idea behind the behind the ambassadorial work with the World Cup. So, no, it's a, it's a role that I'm, I'm really proud of and um, it's a role that, that I, I really enjoy as well. So, yeah, hopefully uh, I'm an ambassador and a player as well come 2021. It's amazing, really, in two senses. The, firstly, the fact that they spotted that and thought, you know what, he's going to have a bit more time on his hands and it also might be a difficult time for him to have the second injury. So that let's try and give him something positive so how he can still be proactive. But also that thing of, I know how important it is to you to try and encourage that participation and kind of the facilities and future of the sport. You have no better vehicle to do that. And for you to be able to help that, it must be amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. And I, I, I did say I thought it was um, it, it was massive on, on that part and kind of gave me a, a massive boost at the time as well. I, as I say, I was probably a few days into the injury, um, probably w- wasn't feeling great mentally anyway, Um but that was yeah, massive tonic, and uh, it, it probably coincides with as you mentioned the academy. I kind of uh, I started a foundation a couple of seasons ago, um, kind of on the basis of I, I was coaching kids anyway, and I started camps. But 
my where I'm from, Middleton, it, it kind of got um, it got shut down probably ten years ago. Um, so most of my childhood memories are at that rugby club, Middleton Marauders Rugby Club, and it got shut down ten years ago. I think there weren't enough people playing. Uh, I think lack of funding, kind of all them rolled into one, kind of shut the whole place down, and it's no longer there anymore. In fact, I actually think it got burnt down at arsonist attack probably uh, six months ago. And, and that kind of drove me to kind of give a bit back to the community as well. And because uh, m- many of my, as I say, younger years were spent at that at that place. So uh, I want to kind of give back to, to allow the youth of today to kind of feel what I feel. And I, f- I feel like rugby league has been such a good thing for me. And I think it's, it's learned you many, uh, taught me many, many life lessons as well. Um, and I, I want, kids to kind of uh, have the opportunity that I got so that was a massive part of of kind of setting up the foundation we do stuff in schools uh, we work with uh, the Leeds Rhinos Foundation as well so uh, yeah that's that that's been uh, I think it coincided with that the foundation and um, the ambassadorial work at the Rugby League World Cup so uh, yeah it's it's always good to kind of give back and as I say um, the it, the the younger the younger generation kind of um, might miss that opportunity if if there's not any anything there for them to uh, to do so uh, no it's a massive part of, of what I do and and something I'm really proud of. It's amazing, I guess, to be able to give back to something which, looking back, you wonder maybe where you would be now if it wasn't for the opportunities you had at those local those local grounds and all the rest of it, but. Something that we try to ask everyone, bear with us, this one's a little bit more difficult. <laughs> if you could call yourself, probably maybe back when you were about 25 and you were at that bit of a crossroads, and obviously everything happened with your mum, and you could give yourself some advice now, knowing what you know, what do you think you might say? Wow, that's a good question. Um, uh, Just probably uh, this, what I've kind of told myself kind of all my career just 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 keep going and, and never give up and I think um, I think mindset is everything I know I've spoke a lot about mindset um, but I suppose you could have I could have quite easily then just kind of thrown in the towel um, injuries I had a couple of injuries back then I lost my mom my career wasn't going great and I could have kind of just said look I've given it a good go but it's kind of just not worked out but I, I, that's that kind of mentality is not inside me, um, um, so I, it would just be yeah, kind of just just kind of never give up, and and uh, and I believe mindset is everything, um, and I think that's all. I think all the best performers in the world. Now I'm not putting myself in that in in that bracket, but uh, I've been watching. I'm not sure if you watched the uh, Michael Jordan's uh, The Last Dance. Yeah. Uh, oh my, it's probably the best sports documentary I've kind of ever watched. But his mindset is just far superior to anyone else. And there's no wonder that he's got that far because um, his mindset and his willingness to kind of to, to, to win is, is second to none. And um, I suppose that's that's one thing that I've always wanted to to kind of give me sense, the, the winning mentality and the mindset. So, yeah, your question, uh, I know it kind of might be, be a bit boring, but kind of never give up, the never give up mentality kind of... Um, um, has stood me in good stead so it'd definitely be that it's not boring at all I think in the coming season everybody in England and everybody in Leeds will certainly be glad that you never gave up 
And Luke, just thank you so much. You know, we'll wish you so, so, we'll wish you so well and wish you all the best for when everything gets back up and going, both with Leeds and with hopefully England in the World Cup too. We'll all certainly be supporting you. And uh, just thanks again for coming on. No, I appreciate that, Nick. Really enjoyed it. And uh, no, thanks for your time. And uh, no, great chatting to you. And I'm, I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. So there you go, the journey of Leeds' very own, one of our hometown heroes, Mr Luke Gale. Don't forget, we'll be back next week with another guest. And in the meantime, if you're still looking for a little bit more Candy Pants in your life, you can find our Candy Pants radio show that has a new episode every single Thursday with just Daniel. All you've got to do is search Candy Pants wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. But until then, as always, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you all very soon.